Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. You know, neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Sally. Well, shucks, Catherine. Yeah. It's true. We're, we're doing it. We're here. We're here. It's the evening. Who knows what's going to happen? Are you picking lint off the mic? I was trying to, but I can't. And I feel like the more I touch it, the more it's going to make noise. No, it's all right. Uh, but the mic is great. I'm yeah. great. Everything's fine. You look great. Thank you. So do you. Haircut? Haircut. I love it. It was like, thank you. It was like an emergency. I I had so much hair and I like ran through the door of the salon and I was like, take it all away from my head. <laughs> it looks really good. I've actually Thank never you. seen it that close on the sides. Yeah, it's pretty goddamn close. I like it. Thank you. And you entered here telling me a story and I never got the end of it because we tangented the fuck. Oh, we did. But let's talk about that another time. Yeah, not that's not that's not an on the mic story. No, no. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So, hey, listen, if you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at us at strugglebuzzpod. Email us at strugglebuzzpodcast at gmail.com, instagram.com slash the struggle bus mm-hmm. pod use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy strugglebuspodcast.com where you can uh, get links to other things and past shows and also to become a bonus member for as little as five dollars a month you can join our vip i just said vip it's not really vip i mean everyone's important everyone's a vip but some people are very important or vvips yes there's 16 bonus episodes up mm-hmm. now yes and also sally what do they get if they join Catherine? Yeah. if they donate as little as five dollars a month to the struggle bus they get a card in the mail that looks like a New York City Metro card. It says never ride alone on one side. It is struggle bus yellow. You can write your name on it. And uh, last week, you may remember, we had a we asked that you write in with the <laughs> subject line essay contest. We had a winner. And we did have a winner for the uh, free membership card. I will be sending it out. They sent a picture a picture of a corgi, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. So yes, you won. And mm-hmm. I will be sending that out this week. Did you let them know? No, oh. but I will. Well, now I'm letting you know, but I'll let you know over All email right. too. Sneaky. Actually, no, I, I did, I think, because I, I wrote back to get their address, so I guess they do. That's now. right. Yeah, yeah. I, that would that would work. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations and well done. Um, and yeah, tweet at Sally T, tweet at me at SPK Heller. If you want to join the Facebook group, this is free. It doesn't cost you anything, but you do have to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Just email us in a separate email from your question. So if you have a question, write it in the subject line. But if you want to get into the Facebook group, email us at struggle podcast at gmail.com. Give us the um, email address that you use to log into Facebook with. And if you don't get in the first time, if I write back to you and say, great, you're in the link and you can't see it. A lot of people can't because Facebook mm. hides things or people have their settings differently. So uh, just let me know and say, hey, I didn't get in. There's another way. We'll get you in. We'll There's smuggle side you right door. in. Yeah. There sure is. One more like announcement type thing before we get to the jibber jabber. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, as you know, we've asked you to note in the subject line of your emails if you have something that's time sensitive for us to talk about. And the reason that we do that is sometimes we don't answer questions until four to six weeks after they've been sent to us. For example, I think tonight we're answering questions from like December or something. So that so basically, like if you have a thing where you're like, I have to go to this event and I'm going to see my ex, what do I do with the events in three weeks? You should put time sensitive in the subject line mm-hmm. uh, because we want to help you in time. Uh, we want to be useful to you in time. I just want to take a second to distinguish between time sensitive and urgent. Mm. Um, if you have an like if you need and if you need help urgently, unfortunately, Catherine and I aren't equipped to provide that help. Um so if something is like mentally really, or physically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if shit is really popping off in your life in a way where you feel like you are in crisis or maybe close to being in crisis, um, that's actually not a time sensitive thing for us. That's something that uh, we if, if if we could support you, we would. But we would much rather you get the support and care you need, and that is from you know some a person who's in your everyday life, a mental health care professional, a guidance counselor, who you know whoever you trust. So I I don't want to discourage anyone from writing into us, but I just want to be clear that um we we can't 
provide an urgent intervention. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you for saying that. And everyone's been great. Uh, Overall, we get, you know, a lot of consideration. People let us know that they're in therapy or they have help or something like that. So, yeah, we just want to make sure that you're okay. Yes, indeed. Cool. Well, shall we get to opening jibber jabber? So, Sally, (laughs) did you hear the one about the the, the person, the co-host, who said, hey, should we get to opening jibber jabber? (laughs) I, I know butted you I did not yes and you I thought it was like a ret- how cold is it right I thought it was like a rhetorical question but actually you you actually were really asking me and shall we my answer is yes we're in it okay we're, we're in, in it. it here we All go right. um so jibber jabber here's the thing mm. mine's really heavy so do you want me to start or do you oh, want me to end yeah oh, I see what you wrote <laughs> uh I actually have a dovetail on that one um okay so this weekend was okay. the women's march indeed right um, I didn't go this year. I went last year to DC. Mm-hmm. I felt weird about it. Um, it's kind of sad. I'm like, ah, but I will say, and I took on a huge, huge editing job this weekend. So I was just kind of stuck here when mm-hmm. I wasn't doing the new future show, which by the way is going great. Nice. Uh, if you want me to read a message uh, for someone who abused, harassed you or assaulted you, just email me at Catherine at NYNF.org and uh, I will read it on stage. It's awesome. new people every week. Anyway. Um, I was working and I turned on the news for one second because I was like, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll bite. And I saw all over the world the people marching. Mm. And listen, problematic, absolutely. The pussy hats annoy the fuck out of me. <laughs> not all pussies are pink and not all women have pussies. Just, just throwing that out there. But it really is amazing seeing that there's so many of us mm-hmm. who are like, no, this is not okay. You forget that sometimes mm-hmm. in this internet world that, you know, there's a lot more people like Alabama's proof of that. That was an amazing campaign. Alabama, fucking yeah. Bama, you know. And I kind of sat and watched it for like 10 minutes like, oh. Yeah. So I, I felt better about that. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I, I have conflicted feelings about it. But obviously it's it's great to see people organizing. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm just tr- making the decision in my head if I want to talk about Women's March. I'm just going to let I just I'm going to take a yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't even feel like getting into it. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it was very cool for me to see yeah. just all the cities all over the world and, and yeah. just be like, OK, OK, we got this. Well, and, I mean, we don't got this. Yeah. But, uh, like the streets were filled. It was cool. Yeah. Um, Sally, I already see your. <laughs> I have the heaviest Jerry Dabber. I just I'm going to give a quick content note that I'm going to talk about sexual abuse and uh, suicide. <sighs> And death. Um, so, as you may know, last week Dolores O'Riordan, the lead singer of the Cranberries, died, and she was 46. And it's not really clear what the cause of death was. I, I think they're not going to know for a couple months. But um, I loved the Cranberries in high school, and they were such a like formative band for me. And I loved Dolores O'Riordan. I thought she was just so fucking badass. And um, I was just so sad. Uh, I'm just so sad that she's gone. And I was like reading up on her online because I didn't remember. I, I didn't know that much about her. And um, she had uh, been sexually abused as a kid and had tried to kill herself a few years ago. Um, not a few years ago. So I think 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm. and struggled with mental health. Um, and. I it just makes me really, really fucking sad and angry. And I was doing this research uh, this weekend, just like reading about her online. And it was also the weekend that I watched Allie Raisman's statement about Larry Nasser and read about that. And it was really I mean, it, I, I, I spent a long time going down this like rabbit hole of like learning what Larry Nasser did and watching Ali Raisman's statement, which is 15 minutes long, and the video is amazing. Like yeah. it's totally fucking worth watching. I watched the live stream. So for powerful. An hour. You did. It was so intense for me to see that. Yeah. Um. And and I was texting my friend Rachel, and we were just kind of talking about just it's it's you know we like text all the time like about who's trash and who's terrible, but something like this makes you feel like the world isn't irredeemably terrible place and. Uh, so I was, you know, watching that and reading about that. And then I was then like later that day I was reading about Dolores O'Riordan and I knew that like she had had some mental illness and, um, and I knew that there was some speculation around her death around like drugs and stuff like that, but I didn't know that she had been sexually abused. And it just made me think even 
more deeply than I usually do about how pervasive sexual abuse is and how destructive it is and how life destroying it is um, and how systemic it can be. Like when you look at Larry Nasser or like um, that guy from Penn where all, I mean, not Penn, uh, Penn State, where all these people like know and protected him protect protect these men and they just go on to like destroy life after life after life and sexual abuses and and i like i i don't want to talk out of school because i'm not a survivor of sexual abuse but my understanding is that it's like someone like writes on your brain and a sharpie i mean it changes everything and it that that adults can do that to kids and other adults like (laughs) like like turn a blind eye it's like I was having this thing last night where I was just like I can't like tolerate this like this like amount of evil is just unfathomable and you know it's like it's very uplifting to watch like Allie Raisman's speech because she's fucking not fucking around (laughs) she's like she fucking stuck it to him and to like the entire U.S. gymnastics and the U.S. Olympic organization, you know, committee. And it was really powerful. And I was like, wow, like you fucking give me hope. Like you're so brave and stuff like that. But I definitely was like having a moment with uh, just feeling like there's just like a lot of fucking evil shit. And it's like, and the world can't like contain it kind of, you know? Well, you just reminded me of what I was thinking about talking about, which completely ties into this. And I'm really glad that we, listen, this is just going to be a really long episode. No, no, we'll, we'll get to your questions in a second. But I want to say thank you for saying that. And also just because you haven't personally experienced you or whatever being abused doesn't mean you don't understand mm. that it's very traumatic. Yeah. I think everyone has friends or just yeah. know people. Um, And, and it's so um common. I had a setback with my back this week, but mm. I, I don't want to go into too great detail, but my massage person is showing me that I have trauma on my body from mm. when I was, you know, abused as a kid and, and other things. Um, and the way I hold myself and the way mm. I breathe and the way I, you know, certain things are tight when I when I get nervous, I tense up. And we started talking about abuse and trauma and how it really affects your entire body. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working on it. Um, the parts where I don't like to be touched and the parts where I'm mm-hmm. like, just don't. And I had this, I already had one breakthrough a couple months ago where I started sobbing and I didn't realize that I was holding so much stuff in. Mm. Um, and I actually wrote a play about it. It's in yeah. the show. Like she came this weekend. Like it's a really intense thing where I talk about, you know, gymnastics teacher and what he did and and how, you know, you, you just have to recognize there's trauma. And it happened again. But this time I, she touched a part that I was like, I really don't like that. And all of a sudden I just, um. I felt like a kid again and mm. thinking I really don't like that. I yeah. didn't have the words for it at the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did indeed watch the gymnast and I let myself cry over it. Yeah. And um it just made me so mad. Yeah. But I'm sort of realizing now the way I even sit, stand, carry myself, exist in the world has so much to do with that. And yeah. listen, you know, everyone's got something. Um, and it just makes me very mad that it's still happening. Like, to me, it's like, right, okay, let's pretend for one second I was one of the first cases it ever happened and then we solved it. No, um, we all know it's pervasive. So, so I was watching these women, they were like, you're so strong, you're so brave. And I'm like, I'm sure half of them are going to be, you know, or who knows, but there's always going to be that trauma. So like, Mm -hmm. it's great to say that. And they're so amazing. I was like, I was amazed at one of them. She said, I was more heartbroken when I found out it happened to my teammates. Mm. And that's a very common response. Mm. It's like, well, I probably deserved it, but I can't believe they. that's how you mm-hmm. um, send your anger. Anyway, uh, so that was really, I'm really, mm. yeah. And it's good to hear when people are like, this is disgusting. It's like, yeah, you feel alone sometimes. But it's 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 a lot of people who um, did, didn't do the right thing and mm-hmm. it's still happening. And it's, it's, I mean, I hope it makes some change. I'm okay. I'm just sort of like letting it happen. Yeah. The tears. No, no. I think I that's totally cool. I'm I'm just like it's one of these things that like totally jams my signals. Like I just it's so hard for me to like wrap my head around the trauma and the adult response to it. And I, in grad school, I had an internship at a place that worked with the um with like the non-offending caregivers of kids who had been sexually abused and I learned a lot there about how how not uncommon it is and how 
and how it's a friend, a family friend, a relative, a trusted adult, and and how parents fail and adults fail to protect their children. Mm-hmm. And it's it really it makes me think of this uh, this really good piece in Vox I read about. Um, it was about like it was kind of in response to the disease on sorry thing, and it was like this person was like, I'm a sexual consent educator. Here's why I think that this conversation should. Oh, I saw the title. I didn't read it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. It was really, really good. Yeah, I saw the head and I was like, eh, I get it. But then I read it and I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. But um, it just, it it makes me think about how as a culture we're so not good at thinking about or understanding or teaching bodily autonomy to like anyone mm-hmm. and how many people that puts in harm's way how many kids that puts in harm's way and just like the inability of adults to like adults being too like preoccupied with their own shit or being too emotionally disrupted or whatever it is to like protect their kids like it's just it's really like one of those things where when I really start to think about it I'm like why do we even bother with this fucking planet Mm. (laughs) you know like you know I'm not there all the time it's just like every once in a while I'm just like what 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 is happening what what the fuck is really actually happening so anyway that's my jibber jabber which as I said was pretty heavy no that was really I'm glad you brought that up I actually was thinking of talking about that and I didn't want to like get too into it but that was a perfect segue and I don't you know listen I tears natural all good yeah so for sure I I had like a really good cathartic cry on Saturday it was very intense yeah. I might have one of those later. Yeah. Stay tuned. I've been having a lot of them lately and it's <laughs> yeah. really uh it's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta rewire my body. Oh, I do okay. wanna say one quick thing. When I said something about half the girls may not be okay or whatever, I did not mean that at all. There's you can absolutely function and do very well in life, but it is just something that, you know, it's not over. No, no, and, of know, course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like kind of what is another incredible thing about like just on the level of like the human mind, like these are Olympic gold medal winning gymnasts, yes. you know, who are, that's like, you're, they're highly functional in that part of their lives, but we don't know what's happening with them mental health wise. Like we don't know, like, and, and I agree. I think it's really important to make it clear that like, it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean you'll never function. It doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. that you have like, there's no hope for you mental, mentally health wise. Um, it just, it, to me more than anything, it's like a testament to how, how I feel like women have evolved to like be able to process and compartmentalize trauma and like go on with their lives. Yeah, it's, you it's know? interesting. Some one of the the people at the at the the reading of the testimony or what was it? What is that called? The impact statement. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Said and said something like, uh, "Okay, you're so brave, and it's over." And it's like, no, no, she has to walk out that door no, and deal yeah, with the world. Exactly. You, you can't tell me that that's not gonna. You know, people run into this all the time, harassment. and Yeah. Anyway, so it's like saying like, and it's over. It's like you're assuming this is the one guy right. who's done the bad thing. Right. Like there's no, it's. Exactly. The, yeah. Anyway, the entire system needs to be brought down. And I think the head of the gymnastics thing just stepped down. Yeah, I think a few like, of them did. Yeah, you which better is amazing. Fucking- yeah, um, that was very satisfying. Uh, and I just I just want to say, like, I know that this also happens to boys oh, yeah. and to men. And like, I just want to be clear that like I was a kind of being. Trying to be funny when I said women have evolved to like processing compartmentalized trauma, although I do think that's really <laughs> true. But I, but I also know that men have to deal with the same sets of stuff, and that I think that they get erased from this conversation, and that's not useful at all. Yeah. So yeah. All right. I guess we should uh, let's get to the first email. Wait. Let's do self care. Oh gosh. Because <laughs> now I think we both really need it right now. Yes. I forgot. Okay. <clears throat> hey Sally. Catherine. What do you think about a thing we did for self care? Self-care, 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 self-care. Um, so Andrea got me for <clears throat> Christmas a gift card for a, a very luxe petty. Now, what's the difference between a regular petty and a luxe one? So a regular petty, I will say, I think there's a lot of different petties. Mm-hmm. But the kind I've had before that's just regular is like they put all different kinds of goop on you mm-hmm. and then they paint your toenails. Okay. In like state, there's like, it's like one kind of goop then another kind of goop and then it's just like a lot of goop oh and then in the lux one they mm-hmm. do all the goop but they also they take it was a paraffin oh yeah yeah, thing. yeah do you know that I so that. they take these like bags yeah. of hot like it's not wax but it like it's basically wax and they put these bags of hot wax on your feet and then they put your feet in these like heating sacks 
And so it's like they like cook your feet. <laughs> what does it do? Um, it makes your feet feel like babies, like a newborn baby's skin. Why would you They're want that? So your smooth. feet need calluses. Not mine, sister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they make your legs really smooth. And then they also they put all kinds of like amazing shit on you that smells really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like kind of rub your feet. It's it's pretty indulgent and amazing. And I had a very long and arduous weekend where I felt like I woke up this morning and felt like the weekend never happened. And so the the one bright point was getting this Lux manicure where I sat there for two hours having like wow. hot goopy things put on me and peeled off me. Oh man. It was See, a, it was a delight. I don't like my feet being touched and also like I hear you. Yeah. I, I just, didn't I did I I am still getting used to it. Yeah. Um but I also got hot pink nail polish on my nice. toes. Nice. Which is amazing. I mean, so I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, you have to wear sandals now. You I have know. to. Luckily, it's uh, beach weather. Mm. So, <laughs> Catherine, what did you do for self-care? Um, you know, I rested. Okay. I uh, I turned down some obligations. I, you know, family stuff, things I did want to do, but I just had too much going mm-hmm. on. And I, I took on a huge work project this weekend, which is great. And I, you know, did it. And um, there's still more work to be done. But uh yeah, I just kind of took it easy and was able to say, I can't do this now. Nice. I have too much of this. This is too – yeah, so so that's good. And yeah, it was it was a good choice to not go to a certain thing. Nice. Even I feel badly because I had a lot of family there. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just got to bail. Yeah, and on the weekends, the trains don't even, like, run. I like, know, I know. You're planning out four hours out of your day just in case. It's become impossible to, like – it's like we're at the point where the trains have gone from inconvenient to just like it's don't even like plan on them existing. Not a punchline anymore. I had yeah. an audition in the city today and I know that they're, you know, uh, very high. Like you can't be late to anything there. Other places you can be sometimes. And I left with 30 extra minutes to spare. Now, it would take me 25 minutes to get there normally or 30, 35 max. It took me an hour and 10 minutes. Un- unfucking I arrived real. right at the time I auditioned. I was like, how? Wow, yeah. So now they have these new countdown clocks. I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a mini rant. Yeah. Where they show you, oh, the train's coming in five minutes, which is not good for when it says five minutes and then a minute later it goes 19 minutes. I, l- out of nowhere. Let me tell you, that happened to me last week. I was like, every day. I was waiting for the train. It was like seven minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of long, but okay. And then I looked up again and it said nine minutes. Yep. And then I looked up again and it said 11 minutes. Yep. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's playing hard. It's nagging us. <laughs> it's nagging us. The yes, MTA is nagging us. But we still us. go on it because we, we have no choice. It's so true. That's not true. We can ride a bike. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's get to the first email. 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 <laughs> um, cool. So first email. Uh, do you want me to read it or, or sh- do you want to read it? Um, I... I'll read it. You want to read it? Sure. Okay. Let's... Um, they said... Pick the coolest name that you can think of, preferably androgynous. Ooh. I don't know why Gandor came to me. I don't know what the fuck a Gandor is. Is it? Oh, oh, I was, no, that's Gandalf. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was from Lord of the Rings. No Gandor? Idea. Yeah, that's I don't a, know. That's a name. Is it? Could it be? I don't know. I guess. I feel like it could be a cool androgynous name. Let's make it Gandor then. Okay. Gandor Ga- the Great. Gandor, Gandor the Great. Done and done. All right. <clears throat> uh, content note, suicidal ideation. Hey, Sally and Kate. Here's my struggle. I took a class last semester in college called public relations. The professor was an asshole who'd like you, who I'd like you to call the devil. I go to a strict Christian college. The course was the hardest course offered at this particular institution, and I had the worst group of students to work with. We had to do an entire project about the health industry, and it was just really hard. Okay. I have severe anxiety disorder and severe depression, and this class was putting me through it. A couple nights before the final presentation, I was having suicidal ideation and a giant panic attack during which I had to call my RA, who had to call my RD, who had to call the student body chaplain, who had to call the head of the counseling center, who had to call the disability services people at school to try and get the situation under control. Suffice to say, it sucked bad. We gave the final presentation a few days later, and as and I was still having suicidal ideation. We failed the class, as the devil had told us through the whole class, because you, I, wasn't working hard enough. After the class ended, it was Christmas break. I moved 45 minutes back home after the semester was over and continued working back where my school is at a couple jobs I had there. I commuted almost every day of the week to work and was doing okay. Then as the spring semester was quickly approaching, I began to have panic attacks again when I thought about going back to school and having to sit in classes for six hours a day, and when I thought about returning to a third job that was on campus. Basically, I just had oodles of anxiety regarding going back to school where I have no friends. Sorry, I know I'm rambling, but anyway, I began to think about, just slash decide, I wasn't going to go back to school. 
I was going to continue my two jobs that are independent of my schooling. I worked as a cook at two small restaurants in my tiny college town. I began telling my friends, who are really adults who work for the school, that I wasn't coming back. They eventually convinced me to become a part-time student, which I've done. I'm taking one class and still living at home with my parents, 45 minutes from my college town. I quit my job at school, so the only link I have there is the one class I'm taking and the few adult friends slash mentors I mentioned. I also quit the second of my three jobs, so now I just have one. Anyway, all of that to get to the bottom line question, should I continue with school even though it seems way too hard and I hate it? Should I switch to an easier slash broader program when I can graduate with a more general degree? Should I quit school altogether? Basically, where I want to be in 10 years is somewhere with a stable job where I can support myself all my own. That job could be working in the same restaurant I do now or working at a bank or working in a daycare or at a store, like literally almost anything in the service industry. Do I need a degree? I don't know. I just don't know what to do because I want immediate gratification. Also, I go to a therapist. So, Sally, you're allowed to tell me to continue counseling. By the way, I would do that, too. I know. That's what I was thinking. I would say it, too. <laughs> I love you guys. Keep doing what you do. What would we call G- Gandor, Gandor the, the Great. Great. Thank you, Gandor. Thank you for writing in, Gandor. Yes. Congratulations on your name, which is amazing. It's amazing. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> Just coming up with them. Um, okay. So, I think that the question of do you need a degree, I feel like... I don't know anymore. I I feel like when we were growing up, it was like you have to go to college so you can make a good living. And that just seems like it was invented by someone who wanted us to who like valued like formal education or something because it doesn't seem real. Um, But I at the same time, the, the idea that you're more marketable, the more skills you have and the more stuff, you know, seems pretty reasonable. So um, I, I don't know if you need the degree, but um. I think that the question of like, should you leave school altogether? Should you switch to an easier program where you can graduate with a more general degree? Like, I feel like you're kind of putting the cart before the horse Mm -hmm. because you haven't really, I don't know if you've done this for yourself and you just haven't explained it to us, but you haven't really explained like what is going wrong at school other than the incident with this one professor. Um, And then also you've talked about your panic attacks and stuff like that and the suicidal ideation, which sounds really intense and scary and like it's a lot. But I'm not really clear on like what is going wrong at school that is causing you to think that you should quit. Um, If you're struggling academically, I think it makes sense to like talk to an advisor and figure out what classes you should be taking and maybe what you should be majoring in. Um, I think it's totally fine to decide that you're, you're not someone who wants to go to college or you're not ready for college right now. I think that's totally fine, but I guess I would, I I would like challenge you to figure out what it is about, like what it is about school that like isn't working out for you beyond the way this one professor behaved. Um, I think if the answer is my mental health at school is really bad, Mm. I think that that is a good reason to either like either to leave school and like work on your mental health or it's a good reason to stay at school and like work on your mental health and get the support you need to get through it. Mm. Um, Those are like those are my opening thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for writing in. This is a tough one. And you do say I noticed immediately you said I just don't know what to do because I want immediate gratification. And I wonder if maybe that's one of the things that is frustrating because being in school is hard. Mm. Like you just you're enjoying it because it's fun sometimes. But even if you're having a great time, you just can't wait to leave. Mm -hmm. And like you're there. Classes are boring. I I can't believe I got through college. I mean, I loved it. I don't remember taking a single class, but I guess I did. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I have all these great memories. But going back to that point, um, it might just not be your thing. And I think that's totally fine, Sally. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, first, what I was going to say is maybe it's the school, right? If you're having panic attacks and you don't want to go somewhere, I think it's okay to say, Mm -hmm. you know what, until I figure some stuff out, I don't need to go there. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's an option of either going to another school or taking online classes and getting your degree online. I know a lot of people do that now. Now with Skype, it's kind of amazing. You know, the world's changing. I think that there's something unfair about people with a degree getting better job opportunities, even if it's not what they majored in. I think it's a, a weird way of maybe like um, 
you know, weeding out people who aren't smart. And I think mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. So having a degree always looks good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, I agree that now we're in this interesting time where you can work so many different ways mm-hmm. and you can learn so many different ways. And, um, you know, so I think that that's, that's something you want to keep in mind is that you do have options. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of options at your feet, inexpensive and easy options. Mm-hmm. If you have Wi-Fi, you know, things like that. So I think that if the school is just not working out, hey, hey I think that's okay to pop out for a second mm-hmm. or maybe just quit school. But also, you don't need to make all of these decisions at once right now. Life is about making many decisions over the course of time. So I would stick with just one for now. What do you want right now? Like, don't worry about 10 years from now. We don't know what the world's going to be like. Will college even exist? <laughs> um, so think of maybe more in the short term. Like in the next year, here's an exercise that I learned that, eh, you know, works sometimes or other times it makes me uh, panic about the future. But if you say, I want to be here in five years. So if I'm going to be here in five years, I need to be here in three years. Mm-hmm. And if I'm here in three years, what am I doing a year and a half all the way down to like mm-hmm. the month of what do you need to start working on? And it's an interesting way of looking at you know, how could you know what's going to happen in five years? But if you want to have a goal or something that you're excited to work for, which I think is really helpful, start thinking about that, like sort of changing the way your mind's looking at the future Mm -hmm. of like, I'm really excited to work in this someday, I'm going to get started. So that's another thing too. Um, I'm trying to see if we missed anything else. Yeah, the question, do I need a degree? Um, I mean, honestly, yeah, the degree thing, if you can get one, sure, but I don't know. I never use mine anymore. I don't even know where my transcript went. I don't even know what my grades were. I mean, I like. I think it's just one of those things where, if you that there are there are jobs that won't consider you a serious applicant without a yeah. college degree, which I don't think that's good. And I think capitalism is terrible, and we live in a meritocracy that prioritizes mm-hmm. wealth and shit like that. But uh, I guess it's not a meritocracy. Anyway, the point is, um, I I don't. I, I think that having a college degree can only help you. I don't feel confident saying that not having one is like the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but I just think that like, do you know what is making you panicky about going back to school? Because if it's like, I, I feel like, you know, if, if you haven't sort of figured out where the like panic and the suicidal ideation is coming from you can like drop out of school and that might follow you you know to like I I just I think that like there's a lot more that you need to figure out and luckily you're in therapy so you can but that you Mm -hmm. have to figure out like if college isn't working for you now that's fine but figure out like what isn't working about it and like what it is that you would be quitting and why I think it's like because you're not just like, I hate it. Should I be in it or not? You're like, I hate it. It's too hard. And I'm having panic attacks. Like, that's like a lot of stuff. Like, I think that's all worth unpacking. And I think making a decision before you've started to understand those things, I think will, it's very likely that the result will be those things will just follow you to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And also like the world, the great thing about the world changing is that you can do a job for a year, not knowing what you're going to be doing in two years. Like my career and your career has gone through twists and turns Mm -hmm. just because we found a thing that worked out, stuck with it for a while and then found another thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I didn't think I'd be a podcaster. You know, I didn't even think that was a thing at all. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, but I'm able to do the things I do now because I have learned from the other jobs, even if I hated them. Yeah. You know, you always do take a little something. So there's no such thing as making the right or wrong choice. I agree. It's just the choice that's right for you. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree. So, I mean, yeah, I, I would like, <clears throat> I would spend some time trying to like get to the bottom of what's happening with you right now because also, like Catherine pointed out, you said, I want immediate gratification. And I mean, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, like I, I relate, you know, it's like it takes a long time to get where you're trying to go. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, we have in our society, there are just these systems in place that like you have to be a part of <laughs> if you want to do certain things um, and they take a while. Uh, you can opt out, opt out of all that shit and be one of those like dope people who like marches the beat of their own drummer. Um that's not my path. I can't advise you. I'm too risk averse to do that. But um, hey, if mm-hmm. you do that, all the, all the power to you and 
go get them. Yeah. And and listen, you know, I think everyone feels a little bit like uh, that in college, the mm-hmm. self uh, instant gratification. That's definitely something that I've felt before. And, and I get it. It's so frustrating. But think about a shorter term, what's mm-hmm. going to make you happy right now, mm-hmm. and then not worry about the degree just yet. It's also, I mean, something that I navigate all the time is this thing is making me anxious. Can I just like bail mm-hmm. from doing it? And like, I think that sometimes it the right thing to do is to bail. And I think other times the right thing to do is to go through it and and challenge yourself to get through it and use the tools you have and then evaluate how it went. I don't think that that's always like if you're in crisis, you can't be like, I'm just going to go through this thing and like see if it breaks me. Like that's mm-hmm. obviously not a good idea. But um, just like, you know, there the 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 idea of like this is making me really panicky you know, and, and I'm having suicidal ideation. Do I, do I take a break from it? I, I mean, panic attacks and suicidal ideation are like, yeah, pretty serious. Like that's like, you know, wanting to give yourself relief from that acute panic, I think is like pretty, a pretty, pretty good idea. I would just also, and I'm just repeating myself, but I would also just like advise you to also dig into like what's going on with you Mm -hmm. because I don't, it's probably not, I just, I feel like when you have, feelings like that maybe they're like worse in certain contexts but i can't imagine they go away completely as soon as you get away from a certain place i don't know yeah yeah that makes sense so let us know i'm yeah. curious gandor keep and, uh, us posted yeah all right let's get to email number two okay so this person would like a name from steven universe and they suggested garnet amethyst or pearl <sighs> All three, please. All three. <laughs> I kind of want to go with amethyst. I do too. Are you cool with that? It's like the coolest <gasps> yes. word. I was going to choose pearl or garnet or amethyst. Oh, well, then I guess all great. perfect. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Amethyst. Hey, Catherine and Sally. My question is about my relationship. Here is some context. I am a straight cis white woman dating a straight cis white man. We are both young, 24, and he's 25. We've been together for six years. We are high school sweethearts. He is the only person I've ever had sex with. I am a badass teacher in my first year of teaching high school English. Part of my journey to education was a journey to understanding social justice and my own privilege slash oppression. It's the typical story. The privileged white woman goes to college and comes out radical. Mm -hmm. My partner, let's call him Jasper, also from Steven Universe, was following my journey for a while. Somewhere near the end of college, he began forming some oppositional beliefs, which I'll explain. We have never been a good match on paper. I'm ambitious, driven, independent, and I've always had a clear focus and drive for my professional life. He has not. He studied audio recording in college and always seems to have a gap between what he says he wants to do, pursue music, and what he actually does, plays video games. He has low self-esteem, a lack of motivation, and what I believe is a long list of unexamined and undiagnosed mental illness, behaviors of anxiety, depression, mood swings, lack of self-reflection, etc., However, he is kind, patient, smart, a deep thinker, and very attentive to my everyday needs, and I love his hot mess self. I am constantly running on pure anxiety, and he helps me value time to relax and be present. My family has come to value and love him, but affection toward him from my parents always comes with a heaping pile of guilt towards me. This dynamic between us resulted in people in my life judging me for being with him and constant feedback that we should not be together. People in his life are always praising him for being with me, and I'm constantly called in from people in his life to work on him, motivate him to do X or Y. The main concerns of our relationship boil down to three things for me. One, because of Jasper's professional struggles, he has hardly kept a job. Our splitting of finances slowly shifted until now I am fully supporting him while he has been unemployed for the past six months. He is doing, quote unquote, all the housework, in quotes, because who are we kidding? Men don't know how to do all the domestic labor and women don't know how to release it, which has been incredibly helpful to me as a first year teacher. However, the imbalance breeds resentment for me and it is not a sustainable dynamic because he still has no direction or vision for what he wants from his life. Two, trust issues. First, I don't trust him to do what he needs to do to create a vision for his life. So our patterns of communication are becoming really toxic. Me nagging and him getting angry. We have a good conversation and I'm convinced it's going to get better, but he immediately falls back into his same patterns of avoidance, justification, guilt, and defensiveness. But beyond this, he has a history and continued practice of crossing our monogamous boundaries in his online social world. He's a Reddit user, and he has channeled all his self-expression and social contract, sorry, contact into this world. 
He has multiple accounts, one of which is for porn, which he not only gathers and watches, but comments on the women's bodies. For me, it's not watching porn that crosses the boundaries, but the secrecy and the comments that are so hurtful. I found this account in a shady way. He left it up on his computer and I went through the comments. And because of that, our conversations were never able to get to the heart of my pain and centered on how, bro- how I broke his trust. He did say when I asked him what he got out of commenting that he felt it was no different than any other comments he leaves. He writes them because he thinks he has something to add to the quote unquote conversation and doesn't see it to be different. Since then, our sex life has been affected and multiple times he has brought up that he feels that he is driving our sex life and hurt by my frequent rejection. Three, somehow, maybe from growing up together and establishing some toxic ways of being together or rebellion for his own mother, who is a badass activist educator too, Jasper has developed MRA, uh, men's rights activist, beliefs. He feels that women have the privilege in our society that men are oppressed. He cites the same arguments as most MRAs. Men aren't sided with on custody issues, men have to register for the selective service, men have higher suicide rates, and men have the highest workplace death rates. We used to get into heated arguments, give each other articles to read, etc., but that was so painful that now we avoid the conversation at all costs. We have taken steps forward. I do feel like he will listen to and hear my experiences as a woman and will side with me on an individual level, but he cannot see the systemic oppression that exists. And he can't see his own harmful behavior or entitlement to my time, energy, emotional labor, and resources. He's a classic case. In his mid-20s, come from a, came from a low-income background, struggling with his own path in life, and he cannot see how it's possible that he has privilege when he feels like shit about himself. Naturally, this dynamic has had a huge impact on our relationship. I am constantly grappling with how I can focus my career on anti-racism, sexism, homophobia, etc., with a partner who needs more educating than my students do. Every time gender is brought up when we're together, I have a panic response. Again, with the secrecy, he tells no one that he believes these things. The only people he know, the only people who know are people that I've told to get support in grappling with it. Multiple times in our relationship, I have asked him to go to therapy with me or seek it himself. I was in therapy for a while, but my therapist couldn't fit me in once school started. And I haven't had the energy to pursue and get to know another one. Advice on this would be helpful too. He flat out refuses every time I brought it up. He does not know how to articulate his feelings without the anonymity of the internet or with tons of emotional labor from me. I think what I'm searching from you is, one, affirmation that I'm still a feminist. This sounds silly, but I really am looking to women I admire to validate me and my work in this relationship. Two, how can I set up boundaries to exist in this relationship with a partner who is so deeply struggling but is harming me and the feminist movement in the process? Three, how do I sort out my own feelings from what I feel like I should feel? As a feminist, I should break up with a shitty sexist dude who can't get his shit together, but when love and the nuanced nature of humanity gets in the way, I get confused about what I feel, about what I actually feel and what I think I should feel. Uh, I appreciate you both so much. I will not apologize for writing a long email as a lot of your <laughs> listeners do because men rarely apologize for taking up space. But of course, feel free to summarize. Okay. Uh, signed Amethyst. 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 I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little something, a little, little pass a little here. Something, something. A little pass here. It, 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 I don't care if you can't call yourself. I mean, I, I don't think anyone gets to tell anyone like, well, you're not, you didn't pass the feminist test. Like let's all put that away for one second. Okay. We've all done things that are bad for any movements, and it's just a matter of being a good person and uh, moving forward. This is not that conversation. This is a conversation about your relationship, and you know that. Um, and it sounds like you are apologizing for loving this man, which, you know, I don't think anyone should apologize for loving anyone. But what I will say is what I did notice is that I – it you're not – are you happy, basically? Are you – happy in this relationship? Do you see a future with this person? Uh, Maybe you do. But this behavior is going to continue so long as you're not really doing anything to actively stop it. You know, having to nag him, having to tell him to do this and do that, and he doesn't, then you get get in a fight about it. I mean, I can tell you right now, it's not going to change unless you're willing to do something a little bit more serious and have a different kind of conversation because right now, you know, he's got it pretty good, you know, um, Sally, do you want to jump in? Or- yeah. I, I just want to agree with your opening point that we can't validate whether or not you're a feminist. Um, that's like not something that 
I think people can put on mm. other people that way. I mean, I, 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 I guess, I guess, I guess you can, but I, I just, I don't feel like it's going to help your situation for us to tell you whether or not we think you're a good feminist. Um, but I will say that like, when you are searching for validation that the thing you're doing is okay from like other people, mm. that is to me always a psych, a signal you're sending to yourself that you feel like what you're doing is deeply not okay. And you're hoping that someone else is going to be like, no, 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 it's cool. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, the, you, this entire email is a laundry list of ways that this person fails you and fails to see you as a whole person and as a human being, uh, and as a woman. And, it's not just his political beliefs. I mean, if you if you're a men's rights activist, you you inherently think that women are inferior in some way and that women aren't oppressed and women aren't marginalized. That's not just like a political belief system. That is an attack on you, Amethyst, who is a woman. Yeah. Um, you said he's patient and a deep thinker and smart. And I think those are great qualities. But like those are the most absolute basic things that one should look for in a partner. So that you'll get again in your life, but all this other shit, like all these other ways of him behaving from his belief system to the like commenting on women's mm. bodies and porn. Like I, I really like, I I'm wondering like if you read this email, uh, in the voice of like someone else, what, what you would tell the person because I don't I you're asking how you should sort through your feelings if you read this email like your feelings are sorted through like you feel like he's not contributing to your relationship you said he's unemployed and you're supporting him he's not even doing his share of the housework he is writing comments about women's bodies when he watches porn he thinks men are oppressed I mean like I, your feelings seem super clear to me. I think the complication is that when you've been with someone for a long time and you have love for them because you got together with them at a certain point in your life and you've been through formative things together, it's not so easy to be like, I don't like you anymore. I don't want to be together. Like, it's not easy. But like, I, I don't get, I don't read this and say like, oh, well, like, this person just needs to like set up boundaries. Like you asked how to set up boundaries. Like I don't even understand what kind of boundaries would, would, I mean, your, your partner, as Catherine said, like this person is the person this person is. Mm -hmm. There's no boundary that you can put up. I mean, you do you want a boundary that's going to protect you from who this person is mm. at their deepest level? Because that boundary is ending the relationship. Like that's what that is. Um, so, you know, I don't know, Catherine, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is, we'll get there too. Uh, the trust issues part. I want to kind of talk about that when you, um, uh, you said you were sneaky or what was the word? Um, hold on. What was that? She said, uh, I forget, but she said it kind of a sneaky way. I don't oh, trust the, the him. Reddit comments. Yeah. Where's that on the bottom? No, I think it's before the, oh yeah. Trust issues. Number two. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so so you snuck in into his computer. Now, oh, listen, oh, right, right. I'm a big fan and I and seriously, like there's trust is so important in a relationship. If you are thinking that someone's lying to you about something or something that you just need to know, I'm not opposed to snooping because sometimes you just need to see it and sometimes these people are leaving the evidence out for you because they kind of don't wanna, you know have to tell them yourself. Uh, I think it's it's good that you told him you did it. I think that that's something you want to look into. So don't be hard on yourself. I think it's good that you did that. And I wonder what the instinct was that made you do it. Mm -hmm. I wonder what you were thinking. Um, really think about that. Why I would never, I mean, I have in the past other relationships and things, but right now in my relationship with my boyfriend, this exact moment, mm -hmm. um, I don't feel the need to snoop through his stuff. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot, you know. Um, and if you do, something's going on that makes you uneasy. And you were right. There's something uneasy about what you found. Mm -hmm. So I would think about that voice in your head or, or, or a voice in whatever your body that made you do that and go back and think about why you did that mm -hmm. and that you were right. Mm -hmm. Your instincts sound to me like they're right. Right, yeah. Um, I also want to say growing up with someone and only having one partner um yeah it's hard to think of a life without them mm -hmm. or think oh we can just help each other out and he'll get better he'll get a job i mean listen uh he's being him 
So are we allowed to say the name of the boyfriend? Oh, she made up the name. It's Jasper. Oh, right. Yes. Well, I was going to say Jasper again. (laughs) Jasper. Jasper's being Jasper. Jasper is not lying about who Jasper is, yeah. it sounds to me like. And if anything, he's he's not doing anything wrong. And I'm not saying anyone's doing anything wrong, per se. But if you're unhappy with the way he's behaving and you're not really doing anything to make that clearer, and it may involve a very serious discussion, yeah. it is, like I keep saying, it's going to continue. And I don't want to place blame on you, but I would say stop thinking about the future, about someone you want him to be. Mm-hmm. Think about the man he is right now yeah, and exactly. who you love. Yeah, and I also think that, like, you know, when everyone... You said that, like, people in your life are questioning why you're with him. I mean, you know, I think that can go... That that can mean one of many things, but I don't know. I, I After everything you've said, like, I can't really imagine being your friend and and thinking that this per, that this was a good match for you. So, like, I just I think that sometimes when you have kind of like a quorum of friends who are like, hey, like, what's up with this relationship? I think it's worth like paying attention to them and being like, what do you see here? Um, another thing I was thinking and like to Catherine's point about Jasper being Jasper, like, you know, I think that if you were with someone who was really supportive and an equal partner and, um, you know, you were really aligned politically and saw you as like a full human being and who you trusted implicitly. Um, but they were really struggling with their career and they weren't motivated and they played video games like that to me feels like, um, or if you had, if you had a partner who was like, had their career all together and was really motivated and, you know, contributed to the households, but they had developed these beliefs that you were worried about. I think that like when it's one of those things, I feel like potentially there's like, okay, like let's see how we can like, I mean, the beliefs thing is tough. I don't know if you can ever change that, but I mean, in either of the situations I just described, like you at least have a base of something to start with of like what this person is doing for you. I can't figure out, I mean, Maybe he, this person, maybe Jasper does a lot for you and you just didn't like talk about it. But the only things you said in his favor are patient, deep thinker, smart. I mean, that, those are great qualities, but that to me, it's like saying like, this is a great car because it has doors on it. Like (laughs) it's, it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) it's like not like there's no like anything less than that would be like totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I don't want it to seem like the advice I'm giving you is to end this relationship because I don't know enough about you or your relationship or Jasper to say that. And even if I knew a ton more, I would still hesitate to give that like, you know, strong, you know, decisive advice. But I do want to encourage you to think really deeply about what you're getting out of this relationship. I mean, you panic every time gender is brought up. I don't, that's no way to live. Like in our political climate, like you're not like, how do you get through a moment without panic, you know? So I don't, I think that you have a lot of thinking to do about like what you're getting out of this and the way you want to be treated and seen by the person that you're with. Yeah, I uh, I also think that, um, uh, I, I, I too am not saying break up with him. That's it. We're not shaming you. We're not like thinking you're, you're dumb for being in this relationship. That's not at all. In fact, I have absolutely been in relationships that were, you know, starting not to work out for me, but I know why I stayed is because mm-hmm. I really did want the partnership or there was something that they provided for me that I needed at the time. And then mm-hmm. when, you know, things, uh, the course goes, uh, you know, you, you start to think more about what you want and need. And when you're younger, sometimes it's not very clear exactly. Mm-hmm. But that said, I get it. Like you, People stay in relationships with uh, there's something good about it. Mm-hmm. There must be something good about it. Mm-hmm. You said there was because, you know, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. But I would love for you to sit down at some point with just yourself and your thoughts and think of a list of what is why am I afraid to have this conversation? Why am I afraid? What if we end up breaking up? Mm-hmm. Let's look at that. What are your concerns if they are just, um, you know, I mean, I miss my partner yeah, valid. All these things are valid. But if it starts to be like, oh, he won't have a place to live. Oh, I'd be worried about mm-hmm. him. You're kind of taking care of him. Mm-hmm. And it really messes with the structure of a sexual relationship or mm-hmm. a relationship, period, when you're actually acting like a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up an interesting – you're very smart. This letter is very well yeah. – 
uh, structured when you brought up his mother and the toxicity in the home and how he kind of resents or not resents. Um, I, I don't want to misquote you. Rebel, rebelling. Rebel. Yes. Rebelling. Um, and it was an R word. That's that's a really insightful uh, observation. And mm-hmm. that's something that is a, a thing. You just really sit down with yourself and think, what do you want out of this relationship mm-hmm. that you're not getting? And then think about what it might look like to ask him and say, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And really, really mean it mm-hmm. because, um, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And, and you know, just to go back to like the Reddit thing, you know, <laughs> you're like you're you're talking about someone whose level of insight about their behavior is I don't think the comments I make about women's bodies in porn are any different from, from any other Internet comment I make. That's a very low level of insight that. And that is fine for someone to have that little insight. But if that is also coupled with a person refusing to go to therapy, um, I don't know. Like, how do you work with that? Like, how do you work with that level of um, like that lack of introspection and like inability to like see what your behavior actually is and what its ramifications are actually in the real world and, and, um, and in your relationship? So. I I feel like you're you really um you're really like I feel like you're fighting an uphill battle with Jasper. I mean, I think if you guys were having this conversation about the Reddit comments and he was like, "Look, I don't see why this is any different from any other comment I make, but I'm willing to like go to this therapist you keep talking about <laughs> and hear what they have to say." Like that's like that's different, you know, and if and if he's like I'm just, this is how I feel about men being oppressed. I feel like we are having all of our rights taken away. But if, you know, if you have another point of view, I'm open to it. Like, even that's different. I mean, I, I, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around existing for five seconds in the same room as an MRA that like, it's like hard for me to like, in a, in a real authentic way, like give you advice about how to deal with him. But it, it sounds like he's, he's just like lacking the willingness to work on this relationship with you and he's lacking like insight into his own behavior. And that, that, like I said, like that makes this a major uphill battle. Yeah. And you listen, he's, he's showing you who he is, you know, Jasper is being Jasper. Um, if you don't like who, who you're in a relationship with right now and the person that he is, uh, think about in 10 years, if he's still this way, do you still want to be with someone? Because this is who he is. Right. Nothing's changing. It sounds like, again, I I'm looking at your letter and I, I do understand that you don't want to break up and you're like, I know I should do this, but I don't want to. And it's like, that's, that's fine. I think you should be looking into yourself then. Cause if you do love him and if you do want to be with him and if it is worth it, that's absolutely stay with him. I would never shame anyone for like being like, Oh, we're having these problems. Like who knows? I'm not the all seer. But in my experience, you have to consider that he is maybe not going to change, nor should he if that's his path in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can still be with someone who is like that. Uh, I do want to answer the thing about the therapist, how to find another one. You can ask your old therapist for a recommendation. They absolutely give out recommendations for new ones who are available. And I highly recommend if you do or if you want to search under these terms, if you have insurance, um, a couples counselor makes a really good personal therapist, Mm. people who know a lot about relationships. I actually learned this when I was in college. And it's changed the way I've I've gone to therapy. I only go with people who've had this experience, ideally, if I can. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me a lot. There's something about the insight into the way couples totally. work and talk together. So, yeah, yeah. But ask your old therapist yeah, for a recommendation. Psychology Today has an amazing, like, search feature. And you can narrow by, like, location, insurance, and, like, there's topics of specialty, like, their issues. Yeah. I mean. I think it'll really help. Yeah. It'll, it'll, I think, really help. Yeah. Hearing, yeah. I think, yeah. Do it. Let us know. And, uh. Yeah, thanks for for writing in. Yeah, Amethyst, good luck with everything. Yeah. And uh, take care of yourself. Awesome. Cool. Well, you have the song of the week, don't you? I sure do. I sure do. All right, well, listen, while Sally gets ready for the big... Oh, I just saw it. Um, tweet at us at StruggleBusPod. Email us at StruggleBusPodcast at gmail.com. Instagram.com slash TheStrugglebusPod. Hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. StrugglebusPodcast.com. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SBK Heller. Join the Facebook group. I email us with a, a different sub- subject line and give us the email you log into Facebook with. It's super fun and everyone's being really supportive. Sally, what is the song of the week? Catherine, the song of the week is Ode to My Family by the Cranberries. Yeah, uh, it's um, from their album, No Need to Argue, 
which was released in 1994. I think it was their second album, but it was the one that I first heard about. It's the one with like Linger on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I remember borrowing it from my friend Josh in mm-hmm. like ninth grade, 10th grade. Um, it is really sad and really beautiful. And my favorite thing about Dolores O'Riordan is like she does these amazing things with her voice that I'm sure has a technical name, um, but it it's not yodeling. But she does this like thing where it kind of breaks in this really amazing way. Yes, the song is so beautiful, and she's an incredible musician. Every song, I think she wrote most of their songs and most of the arrangements, and the, some of the songs have like strings on them, and she wrote those too. And she's amazing. R.I.P. Um, I'm so sad that she's gone. Uh, anyway, no, she was so young too. So young, yeah. so young. Uh, so anyway, enjoy Ode to My Family and do what I'm doing and listen to nothing but the cranberries for at least a week. Yeah, and hey, thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.